receive the heart of God for your life. That's his heart towards you. He's your dad. He's your provider. He's your kinsman, redeemer. He's the spirit who lives on the inside of you. Receive from his heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Say to the person next to you, I'm so glad to be in church this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So am I. So glad to be in church this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. The power of divine connections. The power of divine connections. We're talking about people connections this morning. People connections. The power of divine connections. Divine connections are very, very powerful. When divine connections take place, something happens in the heavenish. When divine connections happen, something happens in the heavenish. It's just like electrical connections. When you, two, when you put two wires together, something happens. Something happens. It's just like inter, internet connections. When your internet is connected, what happens? There are resources. There is the inflow of resources. When two wires connect, there are sparks. When connections happen, there are open windows. There is the provision of resources, revelations, powers, angelic activities. Divine connections are acts of convergence. They are powerful activities in heaven. Everything is activated to move towards a divine purpose, a destiny. We're not talking about a random gathering of people. We're talking about divine connections of God's people. We connect. God bestows the blessings. Don't ever forget that. We connect. God bestows the blessings. If you look at Psalm 133 verse 1. Psalm 133 verse 1. Behold how good. Remember the word good means godly. It means profitable. It means being blessed. How good and how pleasant. That is the rejoicing of your heart. How good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. So it's not a random gathering of people. It's a dwelling together in unity. And if you look at verse 3, For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life. Life forces. Life forevermore. The power to do well. The power to prosper. That's the, for, that's the power of life. The forces of life. So this morning we're talking about divine connections. 
If you look at Acts chapter 4, verse 13, Acts chapter 4, verse 13, these are very revealing scriptures. We need to know how things work in the realm of the spirit so you won't be struggling all the time. I want to be led by the spirit of God. I don't want to bump into different things. The sons of God, the mature ones, the educated ones, the sons, not the babies, the sons, the educated ones, the mature ones, the ones that are into training, not playing. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these are sons, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant. They didn't go to universities. They didn't go to diploma courses. They didn't go to Bible colleges. No, they were in the eyes of men ignorant, uneducated, unlearned. They marveled. Something had happened to them. Why are they so wise now? They have something that we don't have. They took knowledge of them. What happened? They had been with Jesus. These people were connected to Jesus. They were disciples. They were not just disciples detached from their master. They were connected to their master. This is very, very important. Don't ever forget that. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, there's an abiding. There is an unchanging connection. An unchanging connection, connecting to the frequency, connecting to the power, connecting to the supply, connecting to the heart. Connected, connected, and connected. Lift up your hands with me and say, I'm connected. God wants us to connect to him and to connect with one another. How many of you have heard of the saying, birds of the same feather? flock together. We need to understand that the early Christians, they didn't have a lot of choices. They were persecuted. They had to find their own kind. Christians, Christians, a word that is so sweet to their ears, but a word that also brings them persecutions. They gather together. Why? To get power? To rub on each other? To draw from each other? They get comfort from one another. Self-worth from one another. They get consolidated, enlightened. They become bold, courageous, full of confidence, full of faith. Why? Because they were connected. They were a people of God. 
Remember, that's what Moses said. They were your people. A people of God. When they were gathered together, the Holy Ghost came. The anointing came. Blessings came. Miracles came. Multiplications came. Prosperity came. There's a reason why it is written in your Bible, in my Bible, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because when we come together in unity, the favor of God comes upon our lives because we are connected to him and we are connected with one another. If there's something wrong in your life, if you're not doing well at work, if you're not doing well at home, stop blaming the people around you. Why? Because every good and perfect gift comes from above. Including how people treat you. Including how they, how they affect your life. Including what thoughts come to you. What emotions are stirred up in you. Including financial favor, including open doors, including divine connections. Every good and perfect gift, including holy emotions, come from above. Don't ever get angry and upset and strive with people. Because they have done bad to you, because they have slandered or gossiped about you, or because they have robbed you. The key is that they can't. Why? Because the anointing will come upon you to protect you, to watch over you, to train you. So that what the devil means for harm, they will be turned around for good. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. There is a training. There is a transfer of wealth that only happens during crisis, hard times. Embrace them as the blessings of God because they will surely bless you because God will turn them around for your favor. Can we say amen? Come on, lift up your hands and receive this revelation. God is your source. Follow him. Follow him all the way. Don't be distracted, misled, deceived, harm, hurt. Don't fall from heaven. The spiritual, supernatural to the natural, the human operations and ways. Can we say amen? Come on, say with me, stay above. Stay safe. One more time. Stay above. Above all the attacks of the devil. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, Seek you first the kingdom of God. God's way of being and doing right. Seek you first God's direction, God's way. He has a direction for all your feelings. Our feelings should be directed for good, not for evil. 
a direction for all of our thoughts to be productive, to be fruitful, to be prosperous. Can we say amen? Watch your mental and your emotional health. Then you protect your physical health. Amen. Listen to this very carefully. Jesus said, all these things, T-H-I-N-G-S, all these things shall be added unto you. So no more toiling. No more toiling. No more struggling. Can we say amen? Praise the Lord. Listen to this and write it down if you can. Financial prosperity is attracted, not pursued. Financial prosperity is attracted, not pursued. Money is attracted to you. You don't have to chase after it. The spirit of prosperity comes from heaven. You don't have to struggle and strive for it. Right connections will bring divine prosperity from heaven. All the life forces, joy and peace, protection and preservation, health and healing, finances, provisions and promotions, they will come to you when you are connected with God and connected with one another in the body of Christ. Can we say amen? God puts his desires, his vision into our hearts and cause them to come to pass for us. The word of God says that God will give you the desires of your heart. There is a double portion in that. Meaning God will put his desires into your heart so you desire the good things. And then God will fulfill the desires that he puts into your heart. How many of us want that? Amen. I want the people that he desires to connect me with. I want the, the, the bride that he wants for my son. I want his desires, not mine, because his desires have been guaranteed to come to pass. How many smart ones do we have here? How many smart people do we have here? Come on, lift up your hands. Say with me, I'm spiritually smart. One more time, I'm spiritually smart. I'm not a dummy. Amen. If you put natural needs before spiritual needs, you are heading for troubles. Put this down in your notebook. If you are putting natural needs before spiritual needs, you are heading for trouble. You may not see the troubles right away, but they will manifest. That's why Jesus said, not to condemn us, not to restrict us, but to give us wisdom. Seek you first. Seek you first. One more time. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all these other things shall be added unto you. 
I mean, this scripture resonated so much in my spirit. When I first got born again, I turned down all my in-laws and said, I'm not going Yamcha Sunday. Sunday belonged to God. And they all thought that I was crazy. But this scripture meant so much to me. This scripture gave me so much power on the inside. And I'm still living by it. My prosperity, do you know where that comes from? I'm I'm growing from an orphan, a very poor girl who lived in the slums. My mother passed away, left me nothing. My father, the, the man who adopted me, passed away, left us nothing. My mother had to work in a restaurant washing dishes. I had to take care of him. I take care of her, sorry. And uh, when I was little, I had to stay in a restaurant just waiting for her to finish her work. I'm talking about divine prosperity. I was a dumb girl. I was very dumb. I was so stupid. I was so stupid that I hated myself. I carried heaps and loads of inferiority. I felt bad about myself. I was plagued and tormented by inferiority all the time. I did not enjoy people. I did not like to get along with people. When I was in the St. John's Hostel in Hong Kong University, as soon as the high table was over, I would withdraw back into my room. I could not face people. I did not like to face people. My prosperity comes from serving the Lord. My prosperity comes from serving the Lord, putting him first in my life. I remember when, I, when my children were growing up, when Sonny was away in Bangkok, you know, sometimes he would go away. And I had two kids. I, even to this day, I don't know how I handle that. But, you know, I was driving them to, foot, to football, basketball, touch football, basketball, and then uh, preparing dinner, preparing. I'm sure all of you know, breakfast, you know, lunch, dinner, and all that. But always in my heart is God first, God first, God first, God first, God first, God first. Amen. And that's, that's how prosperity started to come to me. And when I say prosperity, I'm talking about spiritual, physical, relational, financial, Everything in my life started to change. There was a a paradigm shift when I put God first. Amen. It's so true. It is so true. It is so true. It is so true. Divine favor visited me times again and again and again. I've told you the miracles of my son getting getting into vet vet. Uh, vet the vet faculty you know he wanted first to be a vet and then he changed his mind he wanted to be a doctor and my daughter you know how she got into medical school all these were divine favors divine favors divine prosperity amen amen it's so so powerful so, so powerful. And uh, how Sonny almost got into an accident. And then the, the girl that was knocked down by his car was delivered, completely healed. The doctor said that she would not live, but she was completely delivered and healed. Miracles are very real. 
God's provisions are very real. You don't want to live without them. Can we say amen? If you look at Matthew chapter 19, verse 19. Say with me, people power. One more time, people power. Matthew 19, 19. Honor your father and your mother. Not rebel against them. Honor your father and your mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You notice that there are two people groups. One is your family. The other one, your social connections. Two people groups, one biological and one social. Now look at 1 John 2.10. 1 John 2.10. He that loves his brother abides in the light. Come on, say with me, abide in the light. Get rid of all your negative thoughts about people. It's not worth it. Abides in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. How many of you say, I don't want to stumble? I don't want to stumble. I don't want to stumble anyone. I don't want anyone to stumble me. I don't want to stumble on anything. Not to stumble means you walk smoothly. You have a smooth path. You have a highway. Can we say amen? You don't have to beat around the bush. How many of you love highways? Praise the Lord for highways. Amen. You don't have to make a way for yourself. Somebody has made it for you. Can we say amen? People are very important. Significant. In the realm of the spirit. Because out of God, out of all of God's creation, who is made in the image of God? Only people. Only people out of all of God's creation. And yet the funny thing is that people like animals more than they like each other. <laughs> Haven't we noticed that? <laughs> people love animals, dogs, but can't get along with people. But if you get into the heart of God, you see value. You see value. The key is stop seeing all the shortcomings. Stop seeing all the shortcomings. See value, significance, potentials in people. Can we say amen? Nothing works in our lives if we fail in our connections with people. If we get upset, offended by people easily, frequently, for a long time, relational prosperity works hand in hand with spiritual, physical, and financial prosperity. You connect well with people, you will feel good, you will think well, and you will act excellent. You will attract divine favor. You will attract prosperity into your life. Say with me, money is attracted, not pursued. One more time. Money is attracted, not pursued. How many of you have observed the customer service industry? How do you do well in the customer service industry? By serving well. By catering to the needs of your customers. By being nice to everybody. God wants us to be nice to people. God wants us to be nice with people. Isn't that true? 
Isn't that true? Amen. Amen. And the reward that he will give you will be prosperity. Amen. God is a people God. How many of you agree? God is a people God. So I am a people person. Come on, say it together with me. God is a people God. So I am a people person. Because we're like him, right? Are we supposed to be like our God? Amen. I'm not a loner. I love people. I'm a healthy, sociable person. I'm not asking, God is not asking us to be, you know, to have very deep and intense relationships with people. No, no. He's saying for us to be happy to connect, happy to chat, happy to get along, happy to socialize, and happy to help. Can we say amen? And when you are having a conversation with somebody, don't dominate that conversation. Don't be patronizing and don't be preachy. God has not called us to preach to everyone. But God has called us to comfort, support, encourage, engage with the people across our paths. Amen? Stay light-hearted with people. Can we say amen? Say to the person next to you, stay light-hearted with people. Don't try to tell everybody what to do. I was once like that. I've repented. (laughs) Don't try to tell everybody what to do and don't run anybody's life for him or for her. Don't be demanding with people even your own family. And don't put your standards so high on everybody else. And listen to me, not everybody is your confidant. Can we say amen? <laughs> no, not everybody is your confidant, so don't wear your heart on, the, on your sleeve. Just enjoy light conversations. Don't try to change somebody, you know, the first day you meet him or her. Can we say amen? Don't be preachy. Don't dominate the conversation. Listen instead. And you, you, you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that you agree. It only means I'm listening. If somebody says to you, I don't believe in that Jesus stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, right, okay. They have the right to be different. Everybody is entitled to an opinion. Can we say amen? So don't kill somebody if he gives you his opinion. Can we say amen? Lift up our hands and say, Lord, help me to get along with people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Don't be demanding with people, okay? 
Ask God to bless us with connections, with people connections. Ask the Lord to use us to bless the people around us. Can we say amen? Come on, let's lift up our hands and say, Lord, use me to bless the people around me. Lord, use me as if you were living on earth in me. Thank you, Lord. I want to play a video to you to watch. Can we have that video? Amen. Before we move on. So let's watch this video. It's uh, five minutes. What does the Bible say about friendship? Relationships with people are often complicated and unpredictable, solid and stable one day, and chaotic and frustrating the next. You may find that the stories you know from the Bible don't really seem to apply to your day-to-day relationships. Sure, there are people in the Bible who are friends or who have friends, but is there any real advice for you? Fortunately, yeah, the Bible actually has a lot to say about friendship. Some people may try to go it alone or say, I don't need anybody. But in Ecclesiastes 4, we learn about the tragedy of not depending on other people, of not having friends. Scripture shows us that people with companions have someone who can lift them up when they fall, and that teams of multiple people are harder to defeat than just a lone person. The Bible tells us that friendship is a part of what makes life worth living. This echoes an earlier thought from the book of Genesis that it is not good for a person to be alone. The Bible encourages us to pursue relationships for our own good. The Bible also recognizes that friendship can be complicated or disappointing sometimes. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Since there are no perfect people to be friends with, even the best advice in the world doesn't guarantee a perfect friendship. In the Bible, there are general guidelines that point you in the right direction in your relationships with others, but we ultimately have to face the challenges and frustrations that inevitably come with friendship. In a way, those challenges are what friendships are for. As Proverbs puts it in Proverbs 27:17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Growing alongside other people makes us stronger, better people. Here are some helpful observations from the book of Proverbs when it comes to friendship. These will help you evaluate how you're doing in your friendships or if there are areas you need to grow. On choosing friends, Proverbs 13.20 Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Proverbs 22.24-25 Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. Or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Proverbs 18.1 Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Proverbs 12.26 The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. On gossip and arguments. Proverbs 20.19 The gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Proverbs 18.21 The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Proverbs 18.13 
Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Proverbs 18.19 An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. On loyalty and fake friends. Proverbs 18.24 There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 19.4 Wealth makes many friends. Poverty drives them all away. Proverbs 19.22 Loyalty makes a person attractive. It is better to be poor than dishonest. Proverbs 19.6 Many seek favors from a ruler. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. Proverbs 17.17 A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. It seems that friendship has always been complicated and troubled, even back in ancient times. God himself, in Jesus, faced the harsh truth that humanity can be disloyal, terrible friends, and yet he still chooses to call us friends and to love us. God's love as we see it in Jesus is the best demonstration of true friendship. Look to God's wisdom and you will learn how to be a friend worth having. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Praise God. Amen. It's a good video. Hey. Amen. I want to um, talk to you a little bit about the counterfeit of divine connections. The counterfeit or the fake divine connections, we call them soul ties. Soul ties is the counterfeit of divine connections. So please listen up and discern. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. So if it's a connection that corrupts you, then it's a soul tie. It is not a divine connection. Soul ties happen when hearts are knitted together through toxic emotions or sin. Connections that draw the soulish, the carnal, and the sinful part of the person. There is a lot of emotional attachment when it comes to soul ties. They are codependent, or the person can be so fully dependent on the other person that he or she does not know how to live without the other one. And there can also be mutual gratifications. But the friendship or the connection is based very much on mutual gratifications, mutual emotions, and sometimes financial benefits, positional promotions. And this kind of uh, soul tie, so-called friendship, can deteriorate to become toxic, disruptive and destructive. Friendships that have become manipulative, possessive and controlling are very harmful and they can become demonic. Soul ties are destiny blockers. They block you from fulfilling your destiny. How many of you have heard of Romeo and Juliet written by Shakespeare, 
So Romeo and Juliet, a very uh, popular play written by Shakespeare. And both Romeo and Juliet, they were so emotionally charged. It was a toxic romantic relationship that ended in what? Suicide. Suicide. So would you call that a healthy relationship? It's not a healthy relationship. When one person is overwhelmed by feelings and cannot think straight, I'm so in love with him. I'm so in love with her. I can't think straight. The Bible calls you a fool. <laughs> it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It becomes toxic. It becomes demonic. It is God's will for us to understand and to live with healthy human relationships and connections. Connections that empower us. That empowers our freedom in Christ Jesus. Can we say amen? That you are free to be what God has called you to be. You're free to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Relationships that are not controlling, not toxic, not destructive, and certainly not suicidal. Soul ties are not good for us, and we need to renounce them and cut them off. So as to remove the foothold that the devil has in your life. Can I give you some time? And then you examine if there are any soul ties in your life that you cut them off. And you tell the devil to get out of your life in Jesus' name. If there are any friendships in your life that are actually harming you, that are controlling disruptive, manipulative, you need to cut them off. The freedom that is in Christ Jesus. I'm not saying that you don't talk to them anymore. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about not being controlled by them. Not being tied to them anymore. Can we say amen? Amen. Well, you ask me, Pastor Dora, what about family connections? If you look at Psalm 139, verse 16, Psalm 139, verse 16. Remember, just now we said that there are two groups of connections. Which are the two groups? One is biological. The other one is social. All right. So Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in your book, all my members or days were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. I want to read this from another translation. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid before a single day had passed. Wow. That means even before you were born, God was busy preparing for your days, your life. That's why he could write that scripture, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So what is your part in this? To yield to the leading, to pray out so you know the leading. 
Amen. So let me ask you, as far as your family connections are concerned, did God preordain them? Absolutely. God preordained your family connections. And that's why God put marriage into such an important position. God put parenting into such an important position. How many of you know that there are scriptures about marriage? There are scriptures about parenting and where can you find them? You find them in the very powerful uh, spiritual book, Ephesians, Galatians, 1 Peter. So those connections are very, very important and vital for our spiritual well-being. Can we say amen? God's plan for parents is to bless and mentor their children. Well, you ask me, Pastor Dora, what about children that have been born to abusive parents? Children that have been born to abusive parents. Is that God's will? Is that God's predestination for them? No. God's plan is good. God's will is good. But it has been distorted by sin. That's what happened in Genesis chapter 3. That's called the fall. The fall from God's more than good and perfect will for mankind. Can we say amen? And that's why God had to come up with the second plan. Can I ask you, what's the second plan? Redemption. Redemption for whosoever will. So for parents that are Christians, please know for sure that it is God's will for you to stand in the gap to pray for your children. Please be very confident and very sure that you carry the anointing to destroy the yoke and remove the burden from your children. Because they are your God-given, God-ordained, divine connections. If you are a parent, if you are a grandparent, if you are a great-great-grandparent, you have the anointing, you have the authority to tell the devil to get away from your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And don't quit. Don't quit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you, did God preordained Jesus to be the son of Mary and Joseph? Absolutely. He sent an angel to them. God did not just, you know, wait till it happened. God did not take a chance and let's see who will volunteer to be the son, who will volunteer to be the father and the mother of Jesus. No, God didn't take a chance on that. So know that, okay? Know that and be very strong about that. Don't be disappointed, frustrated. Don't grumble, murmur and complain, but believe and confess. Look forward with the hope that never fails. If you do not quit, you do not lose. Say to the person next to you, if you don't quit, you don't lose.
It is your God-given assignment to pray for your children. And don't make the mistake of running here and there, you know, doing all the natural chores and natural duties for your children, but don't ever pray for them. It's very important that you pray before you release them into the natural world. Let me ask you, Jesus and John the Baptist, were they divinely connected? Yes, they had a family connection, right? John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. They were divinely connected. They were both preordained for their callings and assignments. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus. So connections are very, very important. What about redemptive connections? Redemptive connections are the connections that you have now, but they are not doing very well spiritually. They are more like natural connections. But what you can do is that as you pray, God can redeem your existing non-spiritual connections to become glorious spiritual connections. What do you mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. How many of you have heard of Naomi and Ruth? How many of you have read the book of Ruth? Yes, Naomi and Ruth. And how many of you know that Ruth wasn't a Christian? She was a Gentile. So they were connected. Naomi and Ruth, they were connected. It was a family connection. But to start with, it was just a natural family connection, a natural family relationship. But what happened? When the heart of Ruth, when, you know, her husband passed away, all the sons of Naomi passed away. So Naomi had nobody left with her. She only had her two daughter-in-law. And then one of them had left her. And then Ruth, Naomi was telling Ruth, you better go home, you know, go back to your own people because I have nothing to give you. I have no sons to marry you anymore. You know, she was like telling her to leave. So what happened? The heart of Ruth was stirred by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knew that this is going to be the great-grandmother of Jesus. So her heart was stirred by the Holy Ghost. And then she said, wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And as soon as Ruth chose to do that, to be committed and to be devoted to Naomi and her God, that natural connection between mother-in-law and daughter-in-law was turned right away to become a spiritual connection. Now that happened to me as well. My mother-in-law wasn't a Christian. My sister-in-law wasn't a Christian. But then when they asked Jesus to come into their hearts as their Lord and their master, something happened to our connection, to our relationship. My daughter, my my mother-in-law and I became spiritually bonded. She was always asking me to pray for her. And then my sister-in-law, Annette and I also, we became spiritually bonded. Can we say amen? So you can redeem your existing connections. And then something happened to them. 
you know, as soon as um, Ruth made that decision, the paradigm shifted. And divine favor and blessings started to come their way. Because remember, they were very, very poor. They were so poor, they had to, you know, they had nothing to eat. They, they had to survive just, you know, picking a little bit of food here and there. And if you look at Ruth, the book of Ruth, chapter 2, verse 3, Ruth, chapter 2, verse 3, I want you to see those very important words. The King James Version said, her H-A-P, she happened. Her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz. Now, Boaz was a very, very rich man at that time. Boaz is like a millionaire. He owned the whole farm. And uh, this is saying it so happened that Naomi was gleaning in the farm of Boaz. There is no such thing. It so happened. The world calls it luck. The Bible calls it divine appointment. Divine appointment. God had things happened in the life of Ruth. Remember, he, he was busy even before a person's born. And he had things happened in Ruth's life. And then she landed in the farm of Boaz. And then God had them to look at one another and Boaz took a liking to Ruth. She might not be very pretty. You know, the movies, you know, depicted that she's very pretty. She might not be very pretty. You know, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So Boaz, one looked at Ruth, he liked her. So that's called divine connection. Say it with me, divine connection. And favor started to flow. It was a divine appointment at the right place at the right time with the right people. Lift up your hands and receive them. Come on. Lift up your hands and receive them. The right place, the right time with the right people. Divine appointments, divine connections. Can we say amen? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Another uh, pair of friendship that I can think of would be Elijah and Elijah. The principle of stewardship all through the Bible is that you do what you can do and God will do what you can't. You control what you can and God will control what you can't. That's why the word of God says, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Don't be a lukewarm Christian. Be a 200% Christian. Don't just serve the Lord, you know, just, oh, just out of obligations. Serve him. <laughs> serve him with every part of your being. And when you worship, don't just sing. Worship until heaven comes down. Pray until you hear God. Amen. Lukewarm, being lukewarm and mediocre will get you nowhere. The Holy Spirit it's the spirit of fire. Amen. If you look at Elijah and Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Well, God had told Elijah to look for Elijah. So that is a divine connection. Come on, say with me, divine connection. 
So Elijah, his duty was to mentor Elijah until he's taken up to heaven. Because you know that God had a plan, right? How many of you know that our God is very purposeful? Come on, lift up your hands if you do. How many of you know that God is not random? It's not Kezarazara. No, he's very purposeful. He's very, very purposeful. You know, I don't think it just so happened that I love English. When I was little, I just fell in love with the English language. You understand that I'm from Hong Kong and you know that not many Hong Kong people speak good English. So I'm quite an exception. I'm not boasting of myself. I'm boasting in the Lord. The reason why was that I love the English language so much that when I got into the Hong Kong University, I majored in English literature. But I did not know. I didn't even know then that it's because of God's calling on my life that I would use more English actually than Chinese when it comes to the service of God. I really believe, amen, that God knew me. He knew me. He took me all the way from Hong Kong to Bangkok, Thailand, where I got saved. I would never have got saved if I was to stay in Hong Kong. I would be a very very good Catholic. I was a very good Catholic. I sang in the choir, but I never pay my tithe. (laughs) I was a Catholic. I never won anybody to the Lord. So because life was so comfortable, you know, you you go yum cha together, you know, after you've had your mass. I I don't think I would have got saved in uh, Hong Kong. But God brought me out of Hong Kong to Bangkok. Away from all my you know, comfortable friends away from the comfort zone. And then uh, when we first started going to a Catholic church, and then we thought, how come nobody noticed us? You know, nobody took care of us. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we ended up, we, we ended up in a compound because we were about to have our house built. That's another divine connection because through that lady, we got financially blessed. You know, financially, we got a lot of financial prosperity through another divine connection. But going back to my house. So, so while we were having our, our, our unit being built, uh, we live in this complex. Uh, you call it like in Australia, it would be like a townhouse, but in units, you know, unit, apartment, something like that. And then there were Christian families there. And uh, my son started playing with the girl, and they got, my son got into trouble. So <laughs> they had to talk to me. And so when we started to chat, they talked to me about Jesus. And then they invited me to their home group. And the first time I walked into their home group, I had no idea. I could not understand why, but all my tears came to me. I was crying and crying and crying. I was so moved, like for the first time, it's like I experienced God. He's so good. He's so awesome. He's so good. He's so awesome. And I became just on fire, you know, on fire. And God, you know, set me up. And I was on a journey of discovery of the goodness of God. Amen. That's why I'm, I'm sharing with you what is real. Divine appointments, divine connections are very, very real. Very, very real. Amen. And then God connected us with this lady. You know, she was starting her real estate business. She wasn't like a, a rich lady. And, um, and because we were, you know, living in this complex and then Annette, I think, I got to to meet another lady. Her name's called Claudia. And then through her, I got 
where, where did I meet Claudia? I don't even remember where I met her. But anyway, I think she was introduced to, to me by somebody else. And then we met this, this real estate lady. She, had, she was starting. She was starting her real estate business. She was starting her construction business. So she's a builder and she's building, um, you know, condominiums 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 and so she started showing us you know her units and asked Sunny and myself would you like to buy some and then we said yeah sure we, we would be interested because she's offering us a very good price I think we bought two we bought two and because they were just new about you know to to start so we got them at a very low price and then somebody else wanted to to buy one so we sold one of them and then we kept one and then money started to roll into our lives and prosperity started to happen. And I started, you know, having my own business and started, you know, the, the fashion uh, business. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's by divine appointments and divine connections that God will prosper you. So lift up your hands and say, Lord, give me divine appointments, divine connections. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. People are very, very important in your life. They are very, very important. So God had called Elijah to mentor Elijah. But Elijah wasn't really a very nice person to start with, you know. And then when he first got to Elijah, he just casually, you know, just chucked the mantle, uh, his, his cloak on Elijah. And Elijah was having a meal with people around him. And then uh, what happened was um, Elijah just went over to him and threw his cloak over his shoulders. And then Elijah walked away. And then Elijah said, could you please, you know, just let me finish this. And could you please give me some time to say goodbye to my family and then I would follow you. So that's how it happened. Elijah wasn't saying to Elijah, make sure you follow me. God said to you to follow me. No, he just threw the cloak at him. And then if you want to follow me, you do. If you don't, it's fine. You know, sometimes I think we Christians are too intense. And that scare people off. So lift up your hands and say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Not to be so intense. <laughs> Amen. And then for three times... For three times, Elijah said to Elijah, you stay where you are, I'm going away. Remember that? Three times. He said to Elijah, you stay where you are, I'm leaving. You stay where you are, I'm leaving. You stay where you are, I'm leaving. But what did Elijah say? No, I am not leaving you. Be very careful when the devil attacks you or break your connections. Your flesh says, just leave it. I'm leaving. <laughs> if your relationship is so precious that the devil attacks it, make sure that you know and you know that God has what is glorious reserved for you. So Elijah said, no, no, no. By God, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Can you remember what about Naomi and Ruth? Didn't Naomi tell Ruth to leave her? Right? She had two daughter-in-laws. And she told both of them, leave, go back. And one left. The other one said, I am not leaving. 
Wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Elijah said to Elijah, go, 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 leave me, go. Go. Elijah said, no, I'm not leaving you. What happened when Jacob was with God wrestling? God said, leave me. I have to go now. What did Jacob say? I won't leave you till you have blessed me. So when you are, this is a revelation. When you are in a difficult time, don't look for an escape. Look for a blessing. Look for a blessing. The diamond. Mine the gold. Can we say amen? Look for the breakthrough. Look for the reward. Look for the blessing. Come on, lift up your hands and receive this. Receive this. This is what God is saying to us. Amen. Because he won't put you through a difficult time if he does not have any reward waiting for you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Our God is good. It's awesome. The devil attacks divine connections to break them and destroy them. But it's up to us to let go or not. Remember, divine connections, once completely restored, healed, will have no more bitterness, no more offenses, no more unforgiveness, but will be filled with the love, the goodness, and the glory of God and going to a higher level. Can we say amen? Remember how the testimonies I've shown you with the marriages broken and restored and lifted up to a higher level? Amen? It can be a marriage. It can be a working relationship. It can be anything. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I want to finish with this. Remember Joseph and Pharaoh. Joseph and Pharaoh. Well, Joseph apparently was sold by his brother to Egypt. So it's, it's like you can blame your brother, be very angry with the brothers, be very upset with the brothers, you know. But guess what? God had a plan. God had a plan. And then Joseph, of course, he was like accused and then he was thrown into prison. But at the right time, at the right place, with the right people who were with Joseph in prison. Pharaoh's servants, one a baker, one a cupbearer. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. Why do you think the cupbearer was thrown into jail? Because God needed him to be in jail. Why was, the, why was Pharaoh all of a sudden got upset with the cupbearer? Because God needed that cupbearer to be in jail, to be with Joseph at the right place at the right time. And Joseph said, please remember me when you got released. He forgot Completely forgotten. So it was not that the cupbearer was naturally trying to return a favor to Joseph. 
No. And that's why I say, when you're at the workplace, when you're with people, don't blame them. Don't get upset with them. Your prosperity comes from the Lord. Come on, say with me, my prosperity comes from the Lord. My well-being comes from the Lord. Amen. Nobody can harm you. Nobody can rob you. Don't believe the lies of the devil and get bitter and angry. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Keep walking. Keep walking in the favor of the Lord. Keep walking in the, the way of God. So what happened? Pharaoh had a dream. Remember? He dreamt of the, the lean cows and the fat cows. He dreamt of the grains, right? And then what happened? And he, was, he needed somebody to interpret his dream. And that's when the cupbearer remembered Joseph. That's when the time, the set time had come. The time of favor had come. That's why church, don't grumble, don't complain, don't be disappointed, don't be frustrated. There are seasons in your life. There are seasons in your life. Make good use of the seasons. How many of you have heard of the the term called root rot? For those of us that are into gardening, root rot, you know, I love African violets. And no matter how beautiful they bloom, if the roots are not doing well, the whole plant will die. And even before you can grow the leaves, you have to grow the roots. And that's where the devil tries to attack us is to attack our roots. How many of you know that even for bulbs, how many of you are into planting bulbs? Bulbs, yes. So even if you plant the bulbs, okay, you can't just put them in the sun. Yes, they will still grow, there will still be leaves, and there will still be flowers. But because the roots haven't been formed properly, haven't rooted properly, yes, it will grow, it will flower, but it will wither and die within a few days. Roots are very, very important. And there are seasons, there are times in our lives that God needs you to grow your roots. God needs you to consolidate your roots. And I'm talking about roots even with your connections. Don't leave your connections with unresolved issues. Roots are very important. Roots in our connections. Roots in our family connections. Roots in our God-given connections. Can we say amen? Make sure that your connections are rooted and grounded. And then you will be blessed. And don't leave without, re- without remembering that money is attracted, not pursued. Prosperity is attracted, not pursued. You get it? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So divine connection strengthens us. Divine connection strengthen us, open doors for us, impart wisdom that would likewise, that would otherwise take you maybe decades to glean. Divine connections can connect us with resources, bring in finances, uh, release the needed authority to get a job done. Uh, to facilitate a deal, etc., and etc. Amen. 
And there are lost and found, broken and restored divine connections. So make sure that if you have been wounded, if you have divine connections that have been broken and wounded, restore them. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is never into breaking our relationships, okay? Because it takes God a long time to give us relationships and connections. Divine connections, they are kingdom weapons. Praise the Lord. So if you have divine connections that have been broken, hurt, uh, wounded, ask the Lord, pray for God's redemptive, reconciliatory power for you to defeat the devil's attack against your kingdom connections. Can we say amen? Connections that have stayed dormant, sleeping, you can pray for them to come back to life. Amen? And you still have divine connections that are still to be added to you, still coming to you. So what do you do? Do you just stay passive? No, pray them out. That's why it's so important to pray in tongues. The Bible says that there are things that you know how to pray for. There are things that you don't know what to pray for. There are things that you know to pray and there are things that you don't know to pray. So divine connections would be those that you don't even know how to pray. Don't even know what to pray. So that's why, what do you do? Pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is praying out God's plan for your life. Praying out the mysteries of God. Praying out God's provision for you, which you don't even know. The Bible says that he will have you prepared for what's over and above all that you can ask or think. Can we say amen? Finally, how do we connect spiritually? Very important. Don't, don't disregard your existing divine connections. You have existing divine connections, which you know, which you know. Don't allow the devil, it's called the spirit of familiarity, to cause you to undervalue or belittle your existing divine connections. Continue to bless your existing divine connections. Ask the Lord to use them. How do we connect the best way? Pray together. When we pray together, we stay together. The greatest bonding is bonding in the spirit. Your spiritual connections will be more powerful to you than even biological connections. Amen. Hallelujah. Very, very powerful. Get into the word together because that's how you get into the knowledge and the vision together. Amen. We are co-workers. You are divinely connected to advance the kingdom. Amen. Number three, serve together. Don't ever go into a church without serving. Don't ever be a Christian who doesn't serve. Always serve in whatever capacity. Even if you're serving by ringing people up, you're serving by welcoming people to come to church, serving by praying, serve, 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 serve. That's how you get blessed. Even remember Aaron, he made the big mistake of building the golden calf, right? How come he didn't get chopped off his head? Remember, Moses, you know, God told Moses, ask everybody to take a sword and start killing. And how come Aaron was preserved? Because he had his priestly garment on. Because his service covered him. Parents, praying parents, you can cover your children in prayer with faith. 
All the prodigal sons that have drifted away from God, your sons, your grandchildren, you can still cover them because they are your heritage. God bless the children because of the parents. God blessed John the Baptist because of his parents. God blessed Solomon because of David. And a lot of miracles that Jesus did for the children because the parents came to Jesus. So don't ever, you know, be frustrated and ashamed and and cry. No, see your children as gifts from God and pray for them with confidence and faith. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. They're on their journey. They're on the journey. You know, life has many temptations and distractions like, you know, you and I, we were ones away. So praise the Lord. Don't lose your confidence. Pick up your, your authority as a godly parent and pray for your children. Amen. And serve the Lord and be blessed. Can we say amen? Amen. Can I ask you to stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can I ask you to lift up your hands? I just want to pray for you and just to bless you. To pray for you and to bless you. In the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of loneliness. I break that spirit of loneliness that torments you, that hurts you, that speaks to you at night. I bind that devil of loneliness right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I put an end to toxic, unhealthy, perverse relationships. Break all those soul ties for your children, for your children's children, and for yourself. I break all occultic relationships. Soul ties that were based on overcharged emotions that the devil would use to to kill and steal and to destroy, to manipulate, to control, and to steal. We break those soul ties in the name of Jesus. And we break those vicious cycles in Jesus' name. You foul devil, you're not allowed to recycle in the life of God's people, in the life of our children. We command you to go right now, break you off, break all your connections off in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray for destiny friends. We pray for destiny makers to be given to us. To connect with us. To make our glorious destiny happen. Father, we pray for people to come into our lives. To come across our paths. People that would bring us freedom in Christ Jesus. People that would feel like a fresh air to us. People that would bring favor and promotion into our lives. Father, we pray for people to come into our lives. People that would draw out the best from us. People that bring encouragement, edification, exaltation, and comfort to us. Amen. And people that I would draw the best from them. Father, we pray for life changes to be given to us. Father, we ask that you use people to impact our lives and use us to impact other people's lives. Lord, bring divine connections 
into our lives at strategic times, at important times. Father, we praise you and thank you. And Father, I bless each and every person here in this congregation and everybody who's watching online, hearing from podcasts, hearing from Kingdom Warriors and the the WhatsApp. Father, I bless each and every person within the sound of my voice with your divine connections, with your divine appointments. Amen. With the passion and the power to pursue you. Amen. Lord, that we will not give up, but we will be like Ruth and we will be like Elisha and we will be like Jacob. And we will say, Lord, we will not leave you. We will not leave your assignment. We will not leave your divine connections until you have blessed me. Father, we thank you for this Holy Ghost resolution and determination in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. 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 Can I ask the music team to come? Can we worship the Lord? You know, because he's so good. He's given us such a good message. Amen. Let's worship him. Amen. And worship is a time that we connect with one another. And worship is a time that we allow the Holy Spirit to freely bless his people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And after we have done the worship, we'll get into tithes and offering. So your heart is ready to give. Amen. Give and it will be given unto you. 